We do have a photograph of our family because uh, you don't know us too well, and I uh, showed it yesterday at the uh, training morning. So that's, that is our family like it is right now. Uh, we have uh, three children, they're all married. We have five grandchildren. And uh, the great thing for us is that two of them, uh, two of our children live in Dresden, they're part of the church. And uh, it's also wonderful to see what's happening with my younger daughter who lives in Ludwigsburg near Stuttgart uh, with her husband. They're serving God, which is a, an incredibly wonderful thing for us. And uh, we really appreciate all that God has done. Thank you. Uh, we also, at this moment, would like to um, thank the church here as well for uh, releasing Anton Helen to minister in our region at different times over the last number of years. Um, sometimes Helen's been on her own, uh, sometimes Anne's been with her, sometimes it's been Dresden, sometimes it's been the Ukraine. But we really want to appreciate that because we know that every time people that you love and people that are your leaders go to another place, uh, that it really costs the local church something because they're not there, and sometimes it costs finances, it always costs finances, um, it always costs um, something on their part, the other leaders have to release them, and so on, and so we really appreciate your partnership on that level together with us. I just want to show a little video clip as you begin, thank you. And I began to think uh, in my mind, what would I like to give her for a birthday present? And... Uh, so I, had, I, w I was thinking about it, and then on the one particular day, it was about two weeks before her birthday, I had this idea uh, that maybe I should buy her a voucher for a dance course. And then I thought, oh, that's a crazy, stupid idea. Just forget about that. We don't want to do that, do we? <laughs> and then, uh, but the idea didn't leave me, and so about a week later, I decided, okay, I went on the internet, and I looked to see uh, what dance schools are there in our city, and... Uh, and so I took, with all the courage that I had, I uh, ordered a voucher for this dance course. And uh, so on the day that it was her birthday, I took the, um, the voucher, I put it in, a, in the envelope, and so I wrapped it, and I, and I waited to see uh, what she was going to do. And so she came for breakfast, and so I put it on the table, and uh, she, gets, she begins to open this, and I could see on her face, she had no clue what was in that gift. And so... So as she opens it up and she began to read it, um, pity I didn't have a camera there because uh, she was, her face just changed and she was so happy and I was, mm, she, just, she just hugged me and said, thank you. <laughs> so that part was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> and so a week later, or I think a little, little while, not a week later, but a little while later, we went to the dance, the dance school and, um, and I was pretty nervous because uh, I don't think that I'm the best person when it comes to rhythm and so on. And uh, so the first night was okay. Um, the dance teacher uh, explained a few things and it wasn't, the level was pretty low, low level begin. So I thought, well, this is okay. I can cope with that. The second, uh, the second evening that we went, um, I realized that this is getting really tough. And um, for any, you know, I'm more used to playing rugby and doing things like that. Uh, uh, but this was, this was really challenging me right to my bones. And the third night that we went, it was a total disaster. So, um, so right in the middle of the third night, we had this, this incredible uh, argument. We kept it kind of low level. But you know what it, you know, it's like... <laughs> 
we didn't shout at each other, but when we got home, it was like part two of what had just happened, you know? <laughs> and so she's saying to me, oh, you know, if you would just lead me, things would be better. And I was saying, well, you kept on stepping on my feet. How do you expect me to do this thing? And I'm, I'm doing my best, and I'm only doing this all for you, and all, you know? <laughs> And um, so what we realized after that evening was that the, the only thing that we could do to make it better was that we'd really, really have to do this thing together, and we'd have to encourage each other. We're going to have to work together. And uh, the one thing that I, that I realized I had to do was that, obviously, I had to lead. And uh, it was true what she said was that I wasn't leading. In actual fact, the, the most irritating thing of the dance school was that the dance instructor sometimes uh, showed some of the steps and they would pick someone from the group to come and dance with him, and he would often pick my wife. And then, whenever he did it with her, it looked incredible. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, whenever she did it with me, it didn't look anything like that, which the, the dance instructor had just, uh, just done. So, later on, uh, it was, this goes back about three or four years, I felt the Lord speak to me to speak to our church about the Holy Spirit. And so uh, I was in my preparation. I was uh, saying, Lord, and I really, really want something. I want you to give me something that really helps our church to understand uh, what is the relationship like between us and you, Holy Spirit. And I was in my, my preparation. I felt, I felt just like a download from heaven. I felt like... Hey, this picture, this picture of, of me dancing with her um, is just such a great picture of the relationship that I would have, like to have with the Holy Spirit. Because I would like Him to be the one that leads me, and I would like to be the one that follows. That every single, every single time He guides me in a particular direction that I would, I would follow. And I would like the relationship that I have with Him to look something like this little video clip that I just showed you, absolutely incredible. Now, I've had some moments when I've really followed him. Now, there's other moments when, when it hasn't been the case. But I want to speak to you this morning about the Holy Spirit. And the title for this message is The Holy Spirit, Friend and God. Now, if you're sitting out this morning and so don't, say, I don't know too much about the Holy Spirit, then you're in good company. And I want to help you to see that the relationship with the Holy Spirit is for you, whether you're a new Christian or whether you've been on the road for a little while, whether you don't know anything about how this relationship could work or whether you've been on the road for many, many years and you've had many moments when the Holy Spirit has spoken to you. I, was, uh, I got born again in Johannesburg uh, when I was in my matric year at school and the following year I went to university and uh, I was, I'd been a Christian about six months, and I was invited to uh, this, this youth group. Uh, we met in uh, the little Baptist church, uh, union, it was a union church actually in, in Johannesburg. And so I went over to the, to the, the evening, uh, and they were having a special evening, and they invited a missionary to come and speak at that evening. And this missionary was doing some work on an island uh, in the Comora Islands, an island called Mayotte. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of the Comora Islands. But uh, she, so she comes from Mayotte, and she, she gets up, and she does this, this picture presentation. And, and right in the middle of while she's doing this presentation, I have this feeling 
that uh, I should offer myself uh, and my, my university vacation to maybe go and to work on the island. And I mean, remember, I've been a Christian for six months. So, so in the, initially I felt a crazy idea, and then, but the idea didn't leave me. So I got out my pen and I wrote a letter to the uh, missions headquarters in Cape Town in South Africa, and I said, I'm a student, and I'm in, after my, at the end of my first year, I'll have um, nine weeks of vacation, and I'm prepared to go to the island and go and work on the island uh, and uh, do whatever the missionaries need to do. I can't speak the language, and I haven't been a Christian for that long, but I can, I've got two hands, and I can do something practical. So they said, thank you very much for the letter, and uh, didn't hear anything from them for a while. And then uh, I would say about six weeks after that, I get this letter in my post box, um, and it's from the mission station in Cape Town. So I open it up, and I begin to read, and it says, we got in contact with the team leader of our team on, the, on my yacht in the Camorra Islands, and we just got, a, got a, a response from him by mail, and he says that the team on, the, on my yacht has been praying for a short-term worker to come and help them with a whole lot of tasks that they have as a team. And so we'd like to open the invitation for you to be part of our mission for those, those nine weeks. Now, I was ecstatic because I suddenly realized that, wow, this is the, for the first time, this, is, this was actually my first experience of hearing the Holy Spirit, of actually hearing Him. And, uh, and what had actually happened was that as I had been in my stride and so on, I had felt that, that nudge of the Spirit to say, go in this direction. And so I'd written the letter, and I got a response, and I felt, wow, I just heard God. I just heard God. And I haven't been a Christian for more than a year. As that was my first experience of saying, Holy Spirit, you really are alive. And I actually really want to hear everything that you have for me. I actually want to be, I, I want to uh, continue to give you opportunities to speak into my life. And when I look back on my life, I realize that, that what have, what we, where we stand today uh, and the many, many things that have happened in our private lives have happened in the life of the church, have happened in the church plant situation that we had in Benoni is because the Holy Spirit has guided us. And every time there's been a nudge that I could actually discern, I've actually said, yes, Lord. This direction? Okay, this direction? You want, us to, you want me to go here? I'm with you. Now, what makes, me up, what makes me really upset is that I think that there are many other nudges of the Holy Spirit that I never actually, I never, never actually understood. And I wonder what could He have done if I'd picked up on those as well. So you might be sitting out this morning and saying, I've never had an experience like that. And I want to say to you this morning that if you've never had an experience like that, there's a part of your, your relationship with God that you're actually missing. And I believe that He's created every single one of us. He's, he, we, every single one of us has been born to have a relationship with Him and that He can actually lead us and guide us and that we can have some supernatural experiences in our lives. And I believe that, that in every one of us, our heart beats for this, that He's actually wanting us to experience. And so many of us live so many years of our lives in a, on a, the religious treadmill and we never experience like the supernatural things that God actually wants for every one of us. That might be because we don't want it. It might be because of incorrect teaching. There's a whole lot of reasons. It might be because we don't have the courage for it. 
Lots of reasons like that. But I want to say to you this morning that He actually wants this for you. And if your heart right now begins to beat a few beats quicker inside of, in your, in, your, in your spirit right now, then it's the Holy Spirit saying, this is actually for you too. He wants this for you. The problem that we have is that on the one hand, if we've heard, some of us have heard some things about the Holy Spirit on, on this side of the scale, I would say some of you have heard of eh, some wild manifestations or manifestations of the Spirit, and you've heard people speaking about things that the Holy Spirit has done. Now, some of those things may be true, and some of them are not. Uh, I know that some of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit that I've seen, they are real manifestations. That's on that side. And then we have other people that are on the other side of the spectrum, on this side, and they say, now, anything that's, with, that's to do with the Holy Spirit, put out, put out, just put in a big break and say, I don't want that in my life because, uh, because it's, it could be a little bit emotional, it could be a little bit challenging, and so on. And so we block it out altogether. And so we have this we tend to have this like, extreme view of what the Holy Spirit does and who He is. And I want to say to you this morning that, that what the, 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 the goal is or what the Holy Spirit was given to us to do is really, in essence, He has been given to us to empower us for service. He empowers us for service. That's what He does. And so... And I say, and I look at my life, and I say, I need to be empowered for service. When I look at the challenges that are, that are upon us with our church and with the, all the things that are happening trans locally, there's moments when I cry out and I say, Holy Spirit, I need you. In fact, I need you more than I've ever needed you in my whole life. I need you. Empower me for service. Empower me for service. And you need the same thing. And whether you might at some stage in your life have some kind of manifestation or you never will, that's not important. The important thing is that we actually desire Him because we need Him because He empowers us. And you need Him. And we all need Him. And so therefore it's important that we begin to uh, open our hearts to the voice of the Holy Spirit to us. And so when I speak about a nudge this morning, I want to speak about... Uh, what I mean by that, and I've got it on the, there we go. It's uh, when I, when I, uh, some, I, I mentioned it once or twice during the message, but what I mean by that is just simply my little word that, that says, this is, this is the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. It is, is a spontaneous thought with surprising God-honoring content that cuts across your normal thought patterns. That's what it is. When I came, when we were living in Germany, the first time, and I was working for the company, I went, went, into, a, went into a conference, came out of, came out of the conference meeting into the, into the foyer, and, and I, I, I know that I had a nudge of the Holy Spirit. He said to me, what would you do if I were to call you to the nation of Germany as a pastor? The very first time that I've ever had that thought in my whole life, a spontaneous thought, it was like, here is my thought pattern, and here comes something which cuts across all of that with a content that I've never had before, a God-honoring content, and it's got nothing to do with my normal thought pattern. I thought this is all about my business, about career, and so on, and actually, Germany was all about what God wanted to do with me. I'm sitting later on in the, 
in the living room, many years later, I'm living, I'm living in Dresden, we're working, uh, we're starting the, the, we just took an over, taken over the leadership of the church. One of the big questions was, how are we going to build up the leadership team? Because we came in and we were the only, the only pastor, the only elder in the church. So uh, we began to visit all the different people in the church, visit some of the leaders, and there was, you know, we had about 50, 60 people, and so we visit these folk, and so the one evening, it's about three months after we got there, uh, we visit one of the guys who's heading up the children's ministry, one of the children's ministry groups. So we're sitting in his lounge, and um, we'd been drinking, uh, drinking some juice and just some chit-chat and what have you, and I'm um, sitting there, and we've been there about an hour, and then suddenly I, I had a nudge of the Holy Spirit. He says to me, this man who's sitting in front of you, he's going to be your first, the first new elder on your team. It was like a thought that cut across everything that I was thinking at that moment. That's how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And it turned out to be a gold decision, an absolutely excellent decision. No one with your natural eyes, he didn't look like an elder. He didn't look like a pastor. But with the spiritual eyes and with the, the voice of the Holy Spirit, he helped me to make a decision which was, of a, which was a high-quality good decision, which you'd never have made otherwise. Still part of our team. Like 17 years later, he's been on the team with me this whole time, and so we're so grateful for that. The Holy Spirit empowers us for service. Think about it. The fruits of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, pray in the power of the Spirit. How can we do any of these things without the Holy Spirit? And one of the things I find, uh, which has been difficult for our own church, is uh, that we have the problem that we have, um, we have a good idea of, like, who's the father? Because we know, we, most of our, we, we know our fathers, good fathers, bad fathers, whatever. We've got a good concept of, okay, that's what a father is. And then we've got four Gospels which explain to us who the Son is and what the Son did. Okay, so that's also pretty clear to us who that is. But the problem that we, we have is that the, the Holy Spirit, has, He hasn't got a Gospel which, or a particular book which is just like what He did. We have to actually work it out by putting some of the pieces together. And in addition to that, what we find out is that he actually takes from that which, is, which, which, which Christ taught, he takes from that and he gives it and he passes it on. So he's not actually in the foreground very much. And so for us, we sometimes have a wrong concept of who is he really. And the scripture is John 16, 13 to 14. Um, I think we've got it there. Yeah. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. See, so he receives and he passes it on. So he's not actually in the foreground. And so we sometimes have this really weird idea. And in our church, I would say there's some folk have the idea that, you know, he's like this, it's kind of like this, this white sheet. You know, those two, those two little black holes, you know. And he kind of, sometimes he appears and he's there in the meetings and sometimes he's not. You know, we have, you know that's, that's a kind of, and, and some of our English translations don't help because they speak about the Holy Ghost. It's not the, you know, the Holy Ghost and not the Holy Spirit. So we're thinking ghosts and, and we think, hmm, pretty weird stuff. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, otherwise we think of the Holy Spirit. People speak about, you know, I, I was like the power of the Holy Spirit. And we think like, well, 
like a, like a laser gun or something, like we, we're standing in a meeting and suddenly we got hit by some sort of laser gun. You know, it's just like a power, like a force that hit us, and we don't know what, you know, what is that. And so we think of the Holy Spirit as a, as a force. And actually, neither of those concepts or those ideas is, uh, is true in any way. He is something different. And so I want to, I mean, I don't have, I'm going to go through this really quickly for you, but just to give you, a, it's really just a little introduction to who the Holy Spirit is. And uh, there's three things that He is. The first thing is that He is a person. He is a person. In John 16, 13 and 14, it says, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify Me because it is for Me that He will receive what He will make known to you. And if we actually read this in the Greek, you'll find out that the pronoun here, the word is actually a neutral word, and so the pronoun should actually be a neutral pronoun. But the Holy Spirit has made it so by inspiration by the person who was writing this, that he actually did not make it into an it, but the pronoun here is he, because it's important for us to understand that it's not it, it's not neutral, it's a he. He is a person. He is a person. He thinks, he has a will, and he has emotions. Think about it. He takes the teachings of Christ, and he makes, known them, makes them known to us. He thinks about that. Um, the Bible also says that it's by the will of the Holy Spirit that the gifts of the Spirit are distributed. By, so he, he thinks. He has a will. The Bible also speaks to us about the fact that, that he is able to love. Romans 15 verse 10 speaks of that. I think we've got it there. Yeah, Romans 15. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit. By the love of the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is, is, is able to, he loves us and he wants us to pass that love on. And then, of course, we also, uh, some of us know the Scripture, Ephesians 4.30, where it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, think about that. I mean, if He was just a neutral force, then why would, how could He be grieved? But He's actually a person who has emotions, He can be grieved. So, if we think about somebody who thinks, someone who has a will, and someone who has emotions, no, we're actually, we're actually, we actually have a, we're dealing with a person. Let us just sink into your heart for a moment. That means for us, that means for you, and that means for me, that we actually have the opportunity to have a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. And we need it. We need it more than what we ever know or can imagine. We need it. You need it, and I need it. Second thing about him is that not only is he a person, he is God. He is part of the Trinity. So he's the, we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit, the executive of the Trinity. And uh, God does what He wants to do and get down on the earth through the Holy Spirit. He's active on the earth. And everything that God is, He is also. So Matthew 28, 19 and 20, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, in the context of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is God. Otherwise, uh, in, Acts, in Acts 5, 3 and 4, it speaks clearly there of the Holy Spirit and God 
and the names of God and the Holy Spirit are simply interchanged. So let me, sh let me, let me, re let me show you that in Acts 5, 3 and 4. You Great. Uh, then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. Same, same, same story, same context, and in two verses, one behind the other, the Scripture speaks about lying to the Holy Spirit and then lying to God. Interchangeable. The Holy Spirit is God. He's God. So that means He has all the characteristics that God has. God, all the characteristics that God has, for example, He is omnipresent. But for the believer, He dwells in us. If you're, if you're a new believer this morning, then at the moment that you, recept, you received Christ, what happened was that you, you opened your heart, you believed on Christ, and the Holy Spirit came to dwell in you, came to live in you. So He dwells in you. So there's a, there's a, there's a, he's, he is everywhere, but His dwelling place is in our hearts if we've received Christ. He's the guarantee, the deposit of that which is to come, meaning our heavenly home. It's a guarantee of that. But he, He's omnipresent. He is all-knowing. God is all-knowing. The Holy Spirit is all-knowing. Think about it. Think about it. He is almighty. So you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you. He's a person, and He is God. So you have access to God Almighty, God who is all-knowing, and God who is omnipresent, just to take three different characteristics of who God is. And then the third thing is, and that's also really exciting for us, He is parakletos, which means that He is the comforter, John 14, 16, where it says, and I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate Parakletos, to, to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. English Standard Version says, the helper. Not just the advocate, but the helper. And it's not, it's not another, it's not another different person. The word in the Greek is alos, which means another of the same kind. Another of the same kind. In other words, whatever we've seen in, 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 in Christ, another of the same kind, another like Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. I hope you're getting excited because this is incredible stuff. I mean, this is really, this is, this is, why, this is why I live for, for this. This is why I live to lead the church. Because I just love to know my Heavenly Father. And the Holy Spirit helps me. And I don't have the time for all these different stories about the Holy Spirit and how He's guided and led and how many of those nudges I've received in my life. But it's, it's lists like that. And it's for you too. It's for you too. But our thinking has got to shift. Our thinking has got to change. He's parakletos. We do not receive just part of Him. Think about that. It's not just part of Him. We receive all of Him. Everything that He is. It's not like today some of Him and tomorrow another part of Him and the next week something else. 
And if I fasted and prayed and read my Bible, then maybe I'll get the other half of him also. He dwells in us. All of him. Everything. Everything. That means like at the moment when you became a believer, the Holy Spirit came and dwelt in you. It's incredible the, what's, what's in your heavenly or in your, in your bank account. You could say what God's actually put on that account for you. And what you've got to do is you've actually got to open that up and you've got to actually draw from that. And that's what's so hard for most of us, drawing from that. But I trust after this message this morning that you would at least say, hey, you know what, I'm going to take a little step. I don't have to take a huge step. I don't have to trust God, baby, should we buy this building or not? That's not, that's not what, but I'm going to take a little step and move along and say, Holy Spirit, I want more of you in my life. Paracletos, someone called to our side alongside to help us, an advisor, a counselor, a guide, a helper. Well, don't we need that in our lives? I'd say we really need that. Counselor, guide, helper, an advocate, the helper, the comforter. He brings rest. He strengthens, encourages. He removes pain. He motivates us to continue, even when it's really tough. South Africa, we were, um, when we were leading our church in South Africa, we had a, we, we uh, were, got into a building, and uh, we, we were renting this building, and then uh, one of the, after about the second year of renting the building, uh, we really felt God start to say to us, we should buy this building. It was like an old shopping center, and uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't one of those buildings that uh, it was built in the 50s, and so there were a lot of things that had to be fixed and changed and so on, but it was still worth a lot of money. So we decided as a church, we're going to buy the building. So the first thing we did is we, we had an, a meeting with the owner, and um, leading up to the purchase and to, the, to that particular meeting, uh, I had thought to myself, I wonder how much God wants us to pay for this building. And so I prayed about it, and I felt one of these, these moments, these, these nudges, and I felt like, like the Holy Spirit said to me, one and a half million back then, one and a half million. So we had our first meeting with the owner, and uh, he puts a number on the table, and he says, uh, we want 2.2 million. So, well, that's actually really, really close, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is going to be a lengthy, if the Holy Spirit really said one and a half million, well, this is going to be a long negotiation, or maybe, you know, maybe I've heard wrong. So anyway... We had various meetings and various things, and it went over a period of time. And, and eventually, eventually, the owner was fed up with us. And um, the last meeting we had with him, he said, he went, stamped his, head on the, his, his, his hand on the table, and he said, the price is 1.6 million, take it or leave it, out of my office. So, so I went home, and I'm saying, God... Like 1.5, 1.6, it's pretty close, right? <laughs> Didn't you say maybe 1.6? No. And, uh, and I distinctly heard again, the price is 1.5 million. 
So I decided, well, the one thing I'm not going to do is have a face-to-face -face meeting with the owner again. <laughs> so, so I thought, what I do have enough courage for is to send him a fax. Does anyone know what a fax is? <laughs> okay. Okay, that shows how old we are, right? That goes, back, that goes back to those days. So anyway, so I write this letter, and I said, well, this is, we had this meeting, and you said the price was this, and you said, and you, and so on. And then I listed a whole lot of things, and I said, but look, we are still, we are still able, and, and, uh, and, and um, we would be, still be prepared to pay $1.5 for the building, and so I sent off the fax. So I'm... Um, Wondering, uh, what's he going to do? And I'm ex almost expecting and I'm going to get a phone call. He's going to shout at me and say, well, please stop wasting my time, etc., etc. Anyway, so we just waited. And the one morning, about, about two or three weeks later, went into the, into the office. And there's a, a fax on our fax machine in the office. And uh, there's a simple letter there that says, uh, we had a board of directors meeting yesterday. And we decided to sell the property at $1.5 Please sign the documents within three days. Hey? Isn't that incredible? We put our price on the table, and because he knew, we got it for that price. Now, what we didn't know, what we didn't know, and what he knew, because he is all-knowing, was that they were desperate to sell that property. They decided to weed it out of their portfolio. And there were lots of reasons why they wanted to get rid of it, but they never told us that, of course. But we had an advantage, right? The all-knowing Holy Spirit knew all of that in advance. And so way in advance of them saying yes to the price, he nudges me on the shoulder and he says, 1.5 million. So you see, if you listen to the Holy Spirit, you can save money. Right? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> But you can have wisdom. You can have counsel for every situation. You have a difficult situation. You say tomorrow, teach. You're sitting. You're sitting in a complicated business meeting. You got parents that are against you, and you're leading the school or in your classroom. You got a difficult situation with a family member. Why don't you, before you just throw yourself into it? Why did you say, Holy Spirit, you have an idea? Anything you want to say about this problem? Maybe you got to. You want to drop some wisdom into my heart? for the situation, all-knowing, wise friend and God, you could help me, and He'd help you. How's that? Hey, that's for every one of us. That's for every one of us. Let me, let me try and bring this down. Practical, next five minutes. Practical, with this knowledge, what, how should we live? First of all, ask Him daily to make you aware of His presence and what He does. Okay? Ask him to make you daily aware of his presence and what he does. Just say, Lord, Holy Spirit, I need a new sensitivity. Now, sometimes people say, well, you know, how can you ask the Holy Spirit that? You know, the Bible says that Jesus taught us how to pray. He said, our Father in heaven. And he said, give us our daily bread. So we go to him, we ask for those things. But, you know, in the area that, of the Holy Spirit's competence, we can ask him to help us. If he's the one that gives the gifts, if he's the one that, that, uh, that, actually, that actually creates the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in us, if he's the one that's the comforter, we can say, Holy Spirit, I need you to comfort me. We can speak to him like that, and we speak to him on that level. And so ask him to actually be your help and your strength in that moment, and uh, for you to have a new sensitivity to the things that he wants to do. Number two, be aware of the extent of the help which is available to you. 
What about when you go to work tomorrow, uh, when you go into this week, say, Holy Spirit, I just want to have a completely new idea of, of what, what you want to do with in, in, in my life. It's not just about going to church on Sunday. It's about He dwells in us. He can actually give you creativity. He can actually, if you're a doctor, now we've got, we've got a, a whole lot of doctors in our church. In, in Dresden is a university that, that's a training university for doctors, and many of the doctors have actually decided to stay in Dresden, get married in Dresden, whatever. And uh, there are a lot of those doctors that in situations where they don't know what to do, they're actually in their hearts, they're just praying, and they're saying, Holy Spirit, help me to diagnose this correctly. If you think that a diagno doctor's diagnosis is always easy, it's not always easy. And they say, Holy Spirit, help me. Sometimes they don't even pray for their patients without their patients even knowing. That's pretty good too. You know? So they be aware of the extent of that. He knows it all. He's everywhere, but he cannot be closer to you because he dwells in you and he has all power. And then the third thing, the third thing is this, seek to receive this promise of the Father and be, fulfilled, be filled by the Holy Spirit every day. And the last, the last verse there is, there we go, seek to be, yes, seek to receive the promise of the Father and to be filled by the Holy Spirit every day. And so this is, this is the last verse this morning. It says simply this in Ephesians 5, 18, it says, do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Don't get drunk with the wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And that's a, if we look at this verse, this is a, a present continuous verse. It is, in fact, it's a command to every one of us. So it's not just like, okay, you guys, who are pastors of the church, um, be filled with the Spirit. But actually, this is a command to every single one of us in the room this morning, if you're a believer, be filled with the Spirit. So we need to take that seriously. Be filled with the Spirit. And what that means for us is, is that we can actually come and we can be filled with the Spirit in a fresh way. In the Old Testament, we have the Holy Spirit coming upon a particular individual to do a particular task. Then we have in the New Testament, Jesus breathing on them and the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. Then we have the Pentecost, be filled with the Spirit. Do not leave Jerusalem until the, until the Father sends you the gift of the, uh, that He has promised. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then later on, be, be filled with the Spirit. Now I had, um, yeah, my wife had, a, had an, an old car when we were in South Africa. It was really old Beatles um, when we just got married. And um, this beetle had an accident. Um, she had an accident with it, and the other car was destroyed and didn't look like her car hardly had a scratch on it. It was one of those, those really those tanks, you know? And the one thing about this car was that it had no uh, power steering. There was no power steering. So, so every time you wanted to like, park somewhere or, do any, or move that car, it would be like... Yeah, so like our, today we've got, we've got power steering and we sit in our vehicles and we just touch the steering wheel, right? And we turn and we do all those things. But that car was really, really, really difficult to park. And especially when it was stationary, it would be like, this is really tough, yeah? And you can decide how you want to live your Christian life. Ugh. 
Okay? Otherwise, you can say, Holy Spirit, I'm going to pray every single day that you fill me and that you help me, and it's going to be easier. I'm telling you, it's going to be easier. I've experienced that He helps us, and He's able to do just that. And so how does that work? So I just brought this little illustration, because people in my church ask me, like, so when you talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit, I mean, if the Holy Spirit dwells in us, then how can we be filled with the Spirit? I mean, if He's fully dwelling within us, then how, how can we pray and say, be filled with the Spirit? I would, you know, where do, where do we get the more of Him? And so what helps me is that, is this an illustration? So I want to ask you a question. Would you say this, is, would you say this balloon is, is full, filled? Some say yes, some say no. Okay, well, in terms of the capacity that I've allowed it, it's filled. Okay? Filled or empty or... <laughs> okay? Okay, yeah, the capacity is bigger. The capacity is more, right? Okay, don't worry. <laughs> okay. This one's also filled. And what helps me is that I say, well, how much, how much am I actually allowing the Holy Spirit to, how much room am I actually giving Him in my own life to operate? And I believe that's what's really meant here. Being be filled with the Spirit means like, I say, Holy Spirit, fill me. And, you know, the thing is that every single, every single day when we come home, when you, guys, when you come home from work and you've had a hard day, and I would say most probably you look a little bit like that, you know. <laughs> okay? That's about how much He's filled, filling you at that moment. That's why the Scripture says that we need to be filled, that we need to ask Him to fill us and to refresh us every single day. So I want to pray for us and ask Him to do just that. Right? What? Ray had some things on her heart, but I think we, we're, we're out of time here. And I, I just want to, but I really feel it just, just speaks about us being released into some, some new things. And, and I believe that God has got a good future for you as a, as a church. Uh, he, also, he also wants to release resurrection life into some things that have died. Uh, that's what I would, I would summarize some of the things she's had in her heart. Resurrection life into those things that have died. And uh, so I want you, to, I want you to, to right now just say, Lord, uh, in my Christian life right now, wherever, wherever I am, um, I want to pick up some of those things that have died. And I want, to, I want to ask you, Holy Spirit, that you will come and that you will breathe life into all those areas. Breathe life into my life and breathe life into those things, those things that, I've been tr that I maybe haven't trusted you for for years and years and years and I've given up hope. He's the one that can do that. So right now, just receive. Just receive and just say, you can do whatever you want to do. If you want to raise your hands, you can do that. But just, just right now, just before I pray, just say, I want you to say this, Holy Spirit, I, I need you to empower me for service. I need you to empower me for service. So, Father, so, so right across this room now, I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. I thank you for your gentleness. I thank you for your love. I thank you that you are gentle, that you're a person, that you love us but you're also God and you can empower us. And so, Lord, I pray for every single one that's, that's in this, been here this morning that you would just touch their hearts. 
I pray that you would fill them in a new way this morning, that you'd fill them. I pray that you would fill them with faith. I pray that you would fill them with an awareness of your power for every situation that's, that's tough and difficult. I pray that you would uh, give them hope in situations where they've felt in bondage. I pray that you would come into situations and break off shackles. I pray that you will do new things, that you will birth new things. I pray for those things that have been dropped, uh, that you would give power to lift them up again. Power. There's some, some people that I've, I have a clear picture, someone on a branch, and you were holding on. It's like the branch broke off, and you got hurt because you, you dropped on the ground, and, and you're saying, I don't know if I can do that again. And he's saying to you this morning that I'm going to give you the power to do that again, and I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. So Holy Spirit, empower in Jesus' name. For those that have been, that have been really going through a tough time, make it, Lord, make it so that, that it's like they have another phase, Lord, where you come and that you, you strengthen and that it's like there's, an, there's a release of a whole new, um, yeah, new power from you, Lord, new power from you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for these people, Lord. Do it, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Fill them with your spirit, Lord. Fill them with your spirit. I pray this morning that there will be a, a hunger for the things of the spirit and a hunger, hunger for your word and a hunger for the things of the spirit, Lord, that will, will begin to burn in the hearts of these of folk here. We need you to empower us for service. We need you to guide us, to lead us, to protect us, to give us all that we need. And I pray, I pray this morning that that burning in the heart, that, that thirsting and that hunger would uh, be released and it will not stop until it's fulfilled the purposes of God. Thank you, Lord. Amen.